The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia is brought to you by Healthy Planet. This is 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez and my co-host from her home studio is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Claudia. Good morning, Tina. And Claudia, we have one of our colleagues safely here in studio with me, Amber Pay. Hello. From Afternoons with Amber. And she's here. Well, frankly, she demanded to be here because she wants to pick (laughs) your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to talk about, on behalf of many of us, I think, holiday snacking. Amber, over yeah. to you. Well, thank you. You just gave me, like, be- on behalf of all of us, because I'm the only one who's going to come right out and say it. <laughs> I love eating junk for the holidays. And if you, mix, okay. if you mix in the fact that we've been in this pandemic for so long, mm-hmm. I can't even blame it on going to a holiday party. No. I'm just at home. For example, last night, I ate an entire, well, not alone. I had a friend. I had my better half. And we ate... An entire sort of, not a row, but a whole sleeve of bonbons last night while we were watching a movie. And I'm thinking that this is not going to be the last time this week that I do that. So I'm just trying to to, to figure out how, how I can deal with all of this gunk and bad food that I'm putting in my body and I will put in my body in the next couple of weeks. But isn't this part of our holiday routine, right? And I think we want a little bit of normalcy in our lives. Normally, at this time of year, there would be holiday parties where there would be some sweet, some savory, some spirits, right? There would be all of that stuff going on. And so we're compensating at home, and we have been over the last nine months of this pandemic, that, you know, they bring us a little bit of comfort, That's right? That's right. That's comfort food. Yeah. And it comes in all different forms, whether I'm eating a cookie that somebody brought into the station. I won't <laughs> say who. <laughs> Actually, it was me. I think you did I think ones. it was me, right? So a chocolate. And uh, I plan to have mimosas for breakfast on Christmas morning because that is my tradition. <laughs> I need to get through the day. Okay, so I think Claudia I think understands you're doing our that issues. Every morning, anyway, <laughs> right? Uh, no, I'm not doing it every morning, Doctor Claudia, but I'd like to. Well, guys, listen. You know what? Stop. Like, first of all, thank you for wanting to talk about this because you're right, and Tina's very right. So you're not the only two ladies or or men, for that matter who are questioning themselves about what to do over the holiday season, right? And I mean, you're, I agree with both of you. This is the time of year to be merry and cheery, and it is a different year. So um, no holiday parties, which means that we don't need that excuse to eat foods that we normally love. We can do it anyway. So I'm going to give you the advice that just enjoy it. I am giving you and giving yourself permission to just enjoy being in the moment, right? Woo-hoo! If you want to eat, have the mimosa for breakfast, if you want to have that roll of bonbons, you know what? Just go for it. It is not the end of the world. Okay, I love that advice, but you're not really saying high-calorie, high-fat, holiday <laughs> free-for-all, are you? Like, I mean, that just seems like the other no. extreme. Why not? That is uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So that leads me to my next point, okay? So, yes, do it, okay? Do it and don't kick yourself for it. Don't be so hard on yourself. 
but I do have recommendations. Okay. So here's what I'm going to recommend. So yeah, what serious. I normally okay. do, let's okay. say we know that it's going to be like an evening of like holiday treats, okay, whatever you decide. I know that the days up leading up to it, I'm going to actually try to eat a little more clean, but more importantly, I'm going to be extremely active. So whatever that means for you, if you're like exercising at home, if you're joining a Zoom class, if you're being active outside, just try to be active, okay? And if you have no other option, literally walk up and down your staircase, you know, five times and do it a couple of times throughout the day. You want to really increase your level of activity so that you're increasing your metabolism so that this way when you're eating those holiday treats that you love, you're kind of creating a bit of balance. So I'm not saying, you know, you're going to eat yourself silly from now until New Year's Day. What? You're going to gauge it, but you're also going to enjoy <laughs> those things that you do love and the things that make you feel like it's the holidays. Well, first of all, let me say, if I'm coming into work every day, I'm not drinking the mimosas. Let's just clear that. I'm not driving after having the mimosas. The mimosas for me are just on Christmas morning. I don't drink them any other time of the year, although I wish I could. And it's not just going to be one instance that I'm eating all of these treats. It's going to be like an everyday sort of thing. And then I'm going to feel better because once I get the Christmas dinner in me, which is probably turkey and some vegetables, then I'll feel like I have that balance. So, you know, I don't know how often I can go up and down the stairs and outside, but I, I hear what you're saying. You're saying eat, try to eat clean and exercise leading up to it and then go for gold. Right? No? <laughs> go for the gold. But you also made a really valid point. So like, yes, Christmas dinner is generally healthy. Think about it. It's turkey and nice proteins and vegetables. So as long as you're keeping your water intake up and you're eating enough fiber to keep things moving, you're not going to feel the effects um, as significantly as you would if you didn't do that. So I'm not saying don't eat healthy foods and only eat bad foods or foods that are high in fat Oops. or high in sugar, just make sure you're balancing it with things that you know are actually contributing to your health. But really enjoy the holiday season. Like I'm all about enjoying it. I know the things that I love and I know the things that I will indulge in. I will personally try to be a little bit more active so that this way I can compensate for it. Mm -hmm. And maybe mm -hmm. you don't want to run up and down the stairs, but maybe do like 10 <laughs> jumping jacks or, oh. you know, 10 burpees or something like that. Oh, I'd like to see that on video, actually. Dancing! <laughs> Dancing! So you are a dancer, so we you could dance. do that part of it, yeah. right? I can do that. I can dance around while I'm having my mimosas and, and my wine. And, and should we consider, you know, when we're preparing that meal, should we talk about or consider portion control then as well? Because I think I like to you know, kind of load up on the stuffing and the gravy and the turkey and the potatoes and stuff like that. I'm thinking, who's portion controlling on Christmas? <laughs> Who is doing that, Tina? Okay. Well, okay, yes, I'm trying to be good. Right, Tina, you're right. Portion control. But the other thing that I always recommend, yes, I, I say taste everything. So put everything on your plate that you know you're going to eat, but keeping in mind that your stomach is only so big. So, and usually our eyes are bigger than our stomach. Eat the things that are filling first so that you maybe are already feeling full and you can gauge it, well, right? That's kind of what I recommend. So, so high-fiber items like your sweet potatoes, uh, and then you pack in your protein and leave the starchy stuff till the end. Does pumpkin pie count as, <laughs> you know, one of the fats? Maybe I should eat that first. <laughs> Is that a vegetable? Sure. We can start with dessert. It's a vegetable. Go no. It. Yeah, it's a vegetable. It's, yeah. I, I count. <laughs> but I hear you on the water intake. 
And I do know that that can help fill me up as well. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, so the whole point about drinking more water is that, first of all, it fills you up. Secondly, it allows your digestion to move quickly and better, uh, hydrates you so that you don't retain. So the next day after you've had a really indulgent day, you're not retaining all that water and you're waking up like feeling puffy and swollen. And the other important thing to remember is the next day is always the worst day because in the moment when you're eating all those delicious things, you're loving it. It's called it's instant gratification. The next day is when you feel tired, sluggish, over bloated. So if you spend that day really hydrating and maybe moving a little bit more, then you're going to feel better more uh, quickly than you would if you didn't. Well, hopefully we're not hung over the next day after <laughs> all of my mimosas. All of your mimosas. That's only in the morning. Too. All I know, I just want to come to your Christmas Day party because it sounds like it's going to be a blast. Right? <laughs> well, there's. It sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Yep. Well, there's not many of us there, you know, with COVID. So yeah, no kidding. There'll be plenty. <laughs> oh boy! So It'll it's all about a social ba- distancing party for sure. And yep. so it's all about balance, then, right? Getting serious now for a moment. So. Yep, I think being balanced is, and you know what? I always like to say that I want to enjoy every moment of my day, especially the holidays. So, like I said, you know you're going to eat things that are not the healthiest for you, but it's okay. Like I don't want anybody to go around feeling like they should be upset with themselves or disappointed. No way. This is a time of year, especially this year, where we have to have some joy and eating something, sharing something with the few people that you will be with this year is also really important. Just know that you do have to kind of limit. You can't be doing this indefinitely. You have to kind of eat what you love, balance it out, try to eat stuff that's high in you know, fiber, and then the next day you're going to have a low-key day or the day after. But you know that you're going to do it. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy every second of it, but then you're going to get jump right back on the bandwagon. And uh, we're ready to do that at the station because we got our very special event coming up. So we can talk about that too later. Yeah. Yes. Let's just like let's just tell them there is a wellness reboot coming in January of 2021. That's all we're going to say at this point. But you're so right. Let's enjoy this time right now because there is some wonderful stuff on the horizon. It's called 2021, <laughs> and it's January, and we're going to do it, Tina Cortez. All right. Here we go. Thanks for being here, Andrew. I am so excited. Woohoo! <laughs> Let's eat. All right. Of course, you can catch Amber every weekday afternoon from two to six. And after the break, the meaning behind comeback snacks. That story is next. This is the Wellness Prescription on 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416 335 1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia is brought to you by Healthy Planet. This is 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and over to Dr. Claudia now with today's guest. Our guest this week is Emily O'Brien. She is the founder of Comeback Snacks. This is a specialty popcorn that challenges the status quo. So Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for having me. Well, Emily, your story is so interesting as well as inspiring. So I was wondering if you could share with listeners your journey from addiction to empowerment. For sure. You know, in 2013, 2014, I was living in Toronto. I had a great business. Um, I had a really, you know, active social life. And 
but I also was struggling with, you know, some things that were going on with my family. I met someone who I thought, like, had my best interests in mind and I, who I thought, like, wanted to help me, you know, ditch some substances and, and everything like that. Uh, we'd been dating for about six months until, and then I go on a trip with him, and I find out when we're on the trip that he's actually, like, sold my identity to drug traffickers down there and basically told them that I would be bringing drugs back over the border with him um, to cover a debt that he had. So, so just like a lot of things happened within that week and I did it because I, I just wanted to go home. I just thought of like the safest option and like that's what I cared about was like my safety, my family's safety. And so I just did it so I could go home and ultimately suffer the consequences of being, you know, arrested and subsequently going to prison. Uh, I got a four-year sentence and in prison I started a, a business so that I could employ myself and, and other people too because I, you know, I wanted to create my own comeback and I wanted to help serve as like a vector for other people who wanted to have their own comeback as well. And I love that, that <laughs> word comeback. Um, so tell us if, before we get into, you know, how you changed your life, can you tell us a little bit about what life was like in prison? You know, is it like what we see on television? Um, I would say ultimately no. You know, I think like in in the in the movies, like it's very uh, exaggerated. You know, like they make people seem to be like they're so menacing and like everything is is violent, and that's absolutely not true. Like a lot of people that I met in there were, were very kind and caring and just wanted to actually get out of prison. They didn't want to stay in there. So, um, in, in federal prison in Canada, I mean, like we are in a, in a cell either, like we're actually in a house. So we cook all our own food and we're able to kind of have our own, own rooms, which, which, you know, to some might sound like fancy or great, but actually you're still in prison and there's still a lot of things taken away. So ultimately like, yes, it is like prison in the sense that you cannot leave. And there is a culture there that isn't like the one that is on the outside, but every human is the same inside and outside prison. Like there is no us versus them. Well, I, I really like the fact that you decided to help people create their and you know get their comeback. I love that name. I love the whole <laughs> idea of it. But while you're in prison, um, what ignited the entrepreneurial spirit in you, and then you decided to use it as a tool to turn your life around and help others? I think when I went to prison, I knew that I was going to build something important, and I want. I knew I wanted to write a book, but I also knew I wanted to do something more. And I've always been creative and entrepreneurial and, you know, sometimes I can, can get me into trouble. And when I was there, I saw that it wasn't just me that had anxiety about employment uh, upon reentry into the community, like everyone else had it. But I also saw that everyone in prison, like, wanted to show people that they were better than what, what they did. And when we were kind of having a little Super Bowl gathering, popping popcorn, um, I saw how... Food brought people together. Food allowed people to be creative. Um, food made people forget that they were in prison, and it it brought people together as as humans who wanted to do better. And that's kind of when I thought of it. And I was like, okay, this uh, this seems like something we can work with. <laughs> and then I I started with like popcorn kernels and stamps. <laughs> Literally, that was it. And my tenacity. <laughs> that's awesome. 
That's pretty amazing. It is. Do you think that your, you know, or it sounds like your aha moment came, though, when you were still over the border, you were in the States, you were determining what you were going to do next and how you were going to correct this wrong. Is that what happened at that time? Um, I wouldn't think my aha moment happened when I was like, before I got arrested, because I didn't really know what the consequences were. Like, I was so ignorant to that world and like the, you know, organized crime world that I thought it was just, it would just go away. So once I really saw how my family was impacted for so long, like they had to make so many sacrifices and, and they did, they did for me. And that truly shows like the unconditional love that I was lucky to have and, and I was privileged to. So that's when I, I knew that I had to not prove other people wrong, but prove myself right and prove them right that, you know, I was still me. I was still that, that loving daughter that they always had that wanted to show them like that, what I was, what I was made of and that I was going to change. And now did you know right away, so you were in prison and you started to realize the things that, you know, maybe you needed to change about your past and make you a different person and really focus on your comeback. And then like, this, this whole idea of creating a brand that's helping you come back and helping others, but you're also giving back to the community and you're helping other people who have been incarcerated kind of step out into their own. Um, how, like, tell us a little bit about those initiatives that you're involved in. Absolutely. So like in my personal life, I knew I had to get rid of like the substance use and because that was you know, not the only factor in why, what happened to me, like why it happened to me, but I knew that I, that was something that I had to address and change. Um, so now like when I'm building comebacks next, I'm seeing people that are struggling with, with addiction. Um, I don't see it as like a liability. I see it as like people that, that just need help. Right. And too often addiction is seen as people having something wrong with them, but it's actually people being in pain. And so if you can, like, at Comeback Next, we, like, will hire anyone that, that's struggling with anything because when you can be your true self, that's when you do your best work and that's when you actually want to be somewhere and you're not pretending to be someone that you're not. Um, so it's all, it's all about healing and, and comfort and honesty and transparency and um, taking charge of your own life, essentially. So tell us a little bit about the members on your team? For sure. So I have um, three staff, like, uh, they're all amazing. Uh, one of them I actually was incarcerated with. And the other one, she's been through a number of different struggles. Um, not federal prison, but definitely some, some nights in jail and a, a very difficult addiction. And I have a business partner, and then I also have an accountant, which, which is great. And then... Um, we have people, I have a girl named um, Heather. She actually lives in Toronto, and I was in prison with her as well. So when the events, like, start back up again, she, like, she does all the Toronto events, so it's amazing. And so it's great that you brought all these people together, and you know that you can probably help each other as well as help other people. And you're kind of removing some of the stigma behind addiction, um, so what were some of the obstacles that you faced while you were incarcerated and what were there some of the fears and anxieties that you and others maybe faced while you were in there about being um, back out into the community? 
I think my biggest anxiety when I left was how I was going to prove like that like I could do this entrepreneurship thing because typically when you come out of prison and you're come like parole officers don't necessarily trust like that you want to be an on an entrepreneur for like good intentions, right? Like normally it's it's for nefarious reasons. And so I had to really work hard at proving to my parole officer that like this is like what I wanted to do and and, you know, there's people that, that were like, oh, like, you know, how are you going to make any, any money in the popcorn business? I'm like, there's just, like, so much, like, just, like, I don't know. How do I say? I don't want to say, I don't want to say BS, but, like, BS, you know, people just didn't believe in it at all. And so that was part of my anxiety was just, like, everyone was just kind of, like, trashing it. And, but it was also my motivation as well. So, um, yeah, just being under, underestimated is an anxiety, like, triggering thing, but also a motivator. I, I love the fact that, you know, you are setting an example because I feel like fundamentally everybody has passion, everybody has drive, but I also feel that certain experiences in your life really do mold you and are there and happen to you for a reason. Do you feel the same way about this experience that happened to you? Do you feel like this incident placed you on a different trajectory and the trajectory that you're meant to be on. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, I say this in like a, like a weird way, but like I couldn't have gone to prison at a better time because, you know, if I was in prison 10 years ago, people would not even like listen to like what I was trying to say, you know, prison reform and everything that come, like comes along with it or doesn't is, something that people are actually paying attention to now. So, and the fact that I, that I do, you know, I, I use my privilege for the right reasons and, and I recognize the privilege that I do have. So, um, I knew that I also couldn't live a life pretending like this didn't happen. I was like, there's no way, like, I'm not going to have someone have dirt on me <laughs> and, and use that as a weapon. Like, there's no way. So I turned it into an asset. And when you can like be honest about your life experiences and help people, no one has dirt on you. And that, that's like true, I mean, like, that's freedom to me. Right. Owning it, right? Like, just yeah. owning the situation and being proud of where you've been and where you're headed and just proving that, you know, everybody has a story and we can just move on from it and come back from it, right? Hence, come back. Yeah. I love that. I totally love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So then tell us about the popcorn industry. How goes it? <laughs> it's fun. It's like a, a learning curve. I mean, it's... Every day is different, which is awesome. I'm meeting so many different people, helping so many different people. I'm learning what, you know, MOQs are and, like, all these, like, snack industry acronyms are. We went from, like, a a community kitchen to, like, a retail kitchen, and now we have a co-packer, and now we're talking to distributors. So it's all about, like, growing at the right pace because often in, like, the business world, people are like, oh, like, how big do you want to get? And I'm like, I like to understand the world that I'm in. Like, I'm not about getting so big, like, because that's when you, you trip, right? And my my goal is to have the most impact that I can, and that's by growing smartly and so, so that I can continue to meet people so that I can, um, you know, do talks at schools and, and help people get through challenging times because that's something I call emotional profit. And emotional profit is money for the soul. <laughs> and I, I, I feel so good when I, like, do talks or like, you know, I, I, I make, I help someone make a good decision or help someone get through like a challenging day. Like that's true 
that's truly motivating to me. So popcorn is good, but you have to have purpose along with it. Well, it sounds like you have been on quite the ride, and it sounds like it's a really like uplifting story. And I'm I'm getting the sense that you kind of appreciate why it happened and how much you're going to learn from it. So we're so thankful that you're able to join us today. Thank uh, but you. I think, I think everybody's going to want to know like where can we find Comeback Snacks and how can we learn more about them? Absolutely. So you can find us online, um, comebacksnacks.com. You can also like follow me on. Uh, you know, social media, mzobrien, E-M-Z dot O-B-R-I-E-N, or uh, at Comeback Snacks. And, like, we're very attentive to, you know, people's interests, people's, like, questions. So, um, yeah, I'm very reachable, 100%. That's awesome. That was terrific. And Dr. Claudia, just before we go, this is our last show of 2020, and what a year it's been. (laughs) What's your hope or your message for 2021? Well, you know what, I can't believe it's the last show of the year, but I'm actually really excited and my message to everyone is 2020 showed us so many different things, lots of challenges, lots of ups and downs, and so much change. But you know, I'm a believer that change is good, so we must embrace the things that are going to change in our lives and look forward to 2021. Take all those great things and just move them forward and remember that we can only go up from here. Always inspirational, always so positive. Let's remind our listeners how to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or on my website, www.ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's terrific. Happy holidays, my friend. You too. That's our show for previous broadcasts of The Wellness Prescription. Go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.